0: Well, good morning and welcome to a Business Breakthrough, bringing a message every week relevant to the marketplace. Thank you for joining me because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about thinking here this morning. You know, uh you know, I believed I believe that a lot of us have been programmed to be average. Our programming inside our mind sets us up to be average. And so I want to speak into that, both from the practical sense of how do we dominate in the marketplace as entrepreneurs, and then also, of course, from a scriptural sense because it is not serving us. I would even go so far as to say that you've been lied to. Yes, you have been lied to. Now, also, please understand that, uh, that most of the lies that happen in our lives are not, not from people being malicious. It's just that very few people are actually aware of what goes on inside their head. And that's what I want to kind of raise in front of us this morning. Um, So we're talking about the mental game and the mental programming, okay? But if we don't actually stop to think about what we think about, then we'll go through our life thinking the same as what we always thought. And that's actually not going to produce a different result, right? The Bible says, how do we transform ourselves? How do we transform ourselves? It's clear, by the renewing of our mind, all right? It's the it's a really really powerful tool, um, but I guess if you've never audited what's been put inside of there and the conversations you're having with yourself as a result of what's been put in there, then of course then of course you're going to end up producing the same results as everybody else, which will make you at best average. So um, one of my favourite things is is to kind of war against crappy sayings right i hear them all the time they they are they are almost almost tried and tested they're not good but they're tried and tested and we've all probably heard them maybe directly to us or maybe through other people and by the way it is a massive list and i've just pulled on a handful of thoughts of thinking that i think have become common but actually set us up to become average what about this one as a concept go to school, get a job, get a mortgage and live a happy life. Just as mental programming, have you ever thought about how stupid that is? Now what I didn't say, I didn't say going to school was stupid. I didn't say getting a job was stupid I didn't say getting a mortgage is stupid, but I did say that it's stupid to just bow your knee to a system that enslaves people, to a long life of being average. Remember, there's an element of truth in every lie, which is why it's able to perpetuate for a long enough time that it becomes damaging. There is some truth and there are some elements of that that are okay. But that concept, by the way, that might have actually been somewhat better in 1947, right, is certainly not good programming in 2020, right? But what happens is that we just take this stuff and we put it inside our head and it becomes our framework and then we just live it out, right? There's a lot about that statement that you could undo and change and have a much better life because of it. What about this one? Don't talk to strangers, right? As a bit of mental programming. Were you told as a child, don't talk to strangers? Did you tell your children, don't talk to strangers? Seems like a smart thing to do. Don't talk to strangers. And then we wonder why we become adults, go into the marketplace, and we're too scared to ask for a sale. Right? It seems like a smart thing to do, to tell a child, don't talk to strangers. But then when they grow up, A stranger has got everything they want in their life, right? It is strangers that have all the opportunities, all the business deals, all the staff, all the connections, all the church, all the impact, all starts with strangers. And yet our programming is often don't talk to strangers. What about this one? Patience is a virtue. No, in business, patience is broke. Right now, now please understand. Please understand, I'm not saying that patience is not a virtue, I'm saying there's an element of truth to that. Like, as a macro concept for your life, yeah, patience is probably a virtue because it builds character, but it's not a virtue when it comes to like, I need to get December's revenue, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do my sales calls today because I'm gonna be patient. It's madness right? You need to be really impatient when you start a business, which means you'll work really, really hard, which means you'll make the calls, do the things, do the follow-up, because you're not patient. You need to stop being patient, right? Over the course of your life, it's probably a virtue, but in terms of the micro, it's a really bad idea, all right? But we've been told that we should be patient, and then we wonder why we've got no hustle inside of us, Here's one that I kind of spoke about last week. Just do what you love. Just do what you love. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Just do what you love. I can't imagine Paul was sitting there going, oh, I love this. He endured it, but I can't imagine he loved this. Esther, just do what you love. No, she had to go and risk getting her head chopped off to make supplication to the king, right? The disciples crucified upside down, stoned, beheaded. Somebody was cut in half but just do what you love. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that you are going to take everything that is available to you in the world that is this big and bring it all down to something that's this big because the filter needs to be that I need to love it. Let me tell you, if I did everything I love, there would be no kingdom business summits because I do not love like aeroplane toilets three hours into a five-hour flight to Perth. I don't love that. I do not love half of the experiences that I have to go through. I do not love, you know, sleeping in brand new hotels all the time because I'm traveling. I do not love all of that. If I went through the lenses of just do what you love, my business would be one twentieth of the size that it is today. We need people to be tougher and not just focus on doing what you love. Here's another one that sits a little bit outside of that stuff. Eat everything on your plate. Because there's starving kids in Africa. But mum, if I eat everything on my plate tonight, there will still be starving kids in Africa. And so I look at that and I go, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's maybe some virtue to, to appreciating what you've got. But there's not virtue in making a child eat more than they need so they end up overweight so that then they can't be bothered to exercise and then we have an obesity issue. But that's not virtue. That's just plain stupid. All right? But we just take this stuff because it's our programming. Here's another one that happens in the Christian world. Don't strive. Don't strive. You're striving. You're striving. You're pushing too hard. It's in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because I am in this world. I may not be of this world, but I'm in this world, right? I actually have to push to get some things done. And I find that there's a lot of weak Christians who are literally doing nothing with their life, who will happily throw a wet blanket over anybody with a big vision and a strong work ethic in the faith. You're striving. What did Paul say? Paul said, forgetting what is behind me, looking ahead, I press on, I strive, I push the mark of my higher calling. Do not let these people program you because they will make you average. Here's, a, here's one that you may not have heard it in these phrases. I did growing up in England. It's definitely big in the States. A penny earned is a penny. It's a penny. What the heck are we doing having a, you know a phrase around a penny? Please, as marketplace kingdom entrepreneurs, You are not going to go anywhere if you focus on collecting pennies. Come on, people, right? Listen, listen, If, if that's where your focus is, you are focusing on the wrong thing. By the way, if this is good and you are enjoying it, please do me a favor. I need you to share this now whilst it's live so that more people see it. I'm going to be going for another, whatever, 10, 15 minutes. So if you hit the share button, it'll go out to more people and then more people will join us and more people will be transformed by the renewing of their mind. All right, Um, what about this one? You need to save for retirement. Save for retirement. Talk about programming and then the government come in and they call it super, superannuation here in Australia superannuation well far out I don't think saving for retirement is a good idea I think we want to start investing for retirement to give ourselves a chance why why would you save money in a world where the government just prints 60 billion more and flush it into the country you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go and collect gold if the government could just make sixty thousand more tons of it to appear, because your gold would be worthless. But with money, we think we've got to save our money for retirement, so you end up with all this money, but money is getting—it's more and more worthless every few years. So I'm not saying don't have a good retirement and don't plan for retirement. I'm saying change your programming to save for retirement. To invest for retirement so that when you come to retirement, you've actually got some assets that increase in value that are real and tangible and not some money thing, which is probably becoming worthless every single day. But we don't stop to think about it. What about this one? Salespeople are sleazy. Salespeople are sleazy, right? Like it, I've, I've run this seminar a 100 times where I've asked people to write down what they believe about salespeople. And seven to eight times out of ten, it is consistent that people believe that salespeople are negative and do the wrong thing. Here's why that is a mistake to you. Because I'm, you know, for for me to help you grow a business, I need you to go and be a salesperson. If you want to grow a business, you have to be a salesperson. You have to sell your products and services, you have to sell your company to the banks, you have to sell you know, yourself to the team, so they come and work for you, you're a salesperson. So if your mental programming is salespeople are sleazy, you are never going to want to go and be the salesperson you need to be to go and move the needle to build a business, hence you will perform like everybody else, hence you will be average, all right? That's why we never stop to think about these things. And then, of course, similar to the retirement one, we have people say, save for a rainy day, well, it's a little bit of a rainy day here in the Kingscliff, right, New South Wales, but let me tell you, I ain't saving nothing for a rainy day. I'm investing for a rainy day because when it when you invest for a rainy day, it is a rainy day every day. It rains in rent, it rains in dividends. It's always raining and that's what allows me to be better. I used to grow, you know, I grew up in England, right? So The whole concept of saving for a rainy day is flawed because there are never enough days that are not rainy to make enough money for the days that are rainy. If I'm preaching right, I want you to make a comment right here, right now. All right, so sharing it up is wonderful, but there's something else I need from you, if you will. I need you to put a comment in the comments box. Literally just put an emoji in there for me please i don't mind what the emoji is it can even be the poo emoji if you don't like what i'm saying i'm happy with that i just want to see that you're making a comment please put a random emoji in the comments all right so i guess what we're talking about here is changing the programming see some of you i'm trying to get to upgrade to windows 10 but actually you are still running windows vista do you remember vista it was possibly the biggest mistake in tech history it was the worst experience in computers for those of you who were young There was actually a time when we bought a computer and then we brought a disc and we put the disc inside the computer and it loaded the software onto the computer. Can you believe that we actually used to do that with a, with a silver thing about this big far out. That takes me back. You guys don't have that today. You just buy a computer, press a button and it all downloads. Um, So, uh, so, So in terms of programming, some of you are running mental software that is flawed and old, and it's time to upgrade your mental operating system. See, my Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. Your internal world is the first representation of your external world meaning that you can only produce an external world that lines up with your internal world. Meaning that if your internal programming is to be average, then the best you can expect around you is average. However, if we renew our mind and we think different things and we think thoughts that line up with achieving great things, then of course, that's what's inside of us. That's what we'll be able to build around us. If you can't see it, you can't be it, right? And so that's the journey that we need to be on from here, right? We need to actually start to root out the bad thinking inside of our mind and trade it with a better operating system that allows us to produce a better result in the world around us. You know, there's also some people in the Bible that had some pretty average thinking. They had some pretty average programming that caused a lot of pain for them during their life, right? You take a guy like Solomon, right? Who starts off incredibly well, right? Like a really good set of programming. But over time, his programming changes. And, you know, he was told never to intermarry, but he ends up with 700 wives and 300 concubines. And before you know it, he gives his whole life away, um, you know, to the God of the gods of Amalek, through his wives, and and it's an absolute disaster, right? He's programming what was on the inside manifest on the outside, and he ended up causing himself and his entire nation a lot of pain. What about Peter? Peter had some pretty average programming. When he's standing next to Jesus, having experienced most of Jesus' life, he tries to call down fire for three tabernacles. He's trying to say, Jesus, you're the same as Elijah, (laughs) It's like, it's like, and then he gets a bit of a harsh rebuke and a bit of a wake-up call. But, but that just goes to show, right, that what was in his head came out of his mouth. And without Jesus there to fix it, he was on a very interesting road uh, with some pretty um, flawed theology. And what about Martha? See, Martha's programming was, I need to be so busy that she became so distracted that she forgot what and in her case, who was in front of her being Jesus. And of course, Balaam, he had some pretty average programming going on because he, he told the Israelites to do some very, very, very horrible things. And because of it, they suffered a plague, multiple plagues that you know, caused a whole lot of pain. And if I just use that to link to today, we have a plague today. We have the same thing today. Our bad thinking, like Balaam, has caused a plague. And I don't mean the Rona, because this particular plague that I'm talking about is a plague that started way before the Rona did. I'm talking today about the plague of being average, the plague of playing small, the plague of swimming in the shallow end of the pool and not playing full out and not playing to the best we can, and not chasing down everything that's available to us. We have a plague today, and it is a plague in our thinking, because we have reduced, we have reduced thinking to being able to chant three or four scripture and verses in the mirror to puff ourselves up, to make us strong, to last another day. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The kingdom of God is available for us and we can have as much of it as we seek out. So we need to stop playing small and start playing big. Ultimately though, ultimately you can outsource your bookkeeping, you can outsource your washing, you can outsource your accounting, you can outsource your marketing, but far too many people in 2020 have outsourced their thinking they've outsourced their thinking to whoever it was that told them the stuff inside of their head maybe that was your parents maybe that was your early caregivers and your teachers maybe it's some of the spiritual coverings that you've had in your time but we outsource our thinking and and when you when you do not choose to live life by design you live life by default and when you live life by default you're you're letting society program you instead of the scriptures, instead of God, instead of the living word. And that's a mistake. See, So you've got to be intentional about what's inside of here. Otherwise, everybody else and everything else, usually the enemy to some degree, will program what's inside your coconut because they want you to be average. So if that's the case and that's where we are, then we need to go through a process of fixing this. And that's what we are going to do. So there's three steps, I believe, to when you realize that there is some programming inside of you that is not going to serve you to chase down everything God's got for you. Then we look, look at these three things. The first place we want to look at is 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. And you'll know this. I like... I like to pick on scriptures that you probably already know rather than pick out obscure ones because that way I can put it into a new frame of reference for you and get you to think about it differently. Here's what, uh, here's what the scripture says. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Listen to this. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, see, that tells you that your thinking and your thought life is actually part of a spiritual battle. What's the, what's the goal of the enemy in your life and in your thinking? To make you average. See, see the enemy is not worried. The enemy will very rarely contend for your salvation because you're already saved and redeemed and in God's family, and that's sealed. Now he's going to contend for you doing very little with your life. Now he's going to contend to make everybody ap- apathetic and average, All right. So here we go. It's a spiritual battle. And the instruction is bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Here's what you need to do. As you go on a journey over the coming hours, days, weeks, and months, you need to think about what you think about. And when you think a thought, you want to take it into captivity. Grab it and then test it, right? You need to hold it up. You need to hold it up against the word, against God, against your knowledge of God, and see how it fares. It will fall in one of two camps. Please understand, there's no middle ground. It will fall in one of two camps. It will either be a thought that propels you towards more of, more of what God's got for you, or less, all right? So you take it into captivity. <clears throat> then the second step or the second set of lenses that we need to put it through is where we're going to go to Philippians 4.8. And it says this. It says, <clears throat> and you'll know this one, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. It goes on to say, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me do these. In other words, the things that you saw and heard from your parents, from your teachers, from the blah, 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 from the other people, from those people that were good to you, don't do those. What he says is, the things that you learned from me and received and heard, do those. Time to change your thinking, Paul says. All right? So the first thing we do is we take a thought into captivity. The second thing we ask ourselves is, is it good, pleasing, noble, praiseworthy, meaning, meaning? is it the kind of thing that God would have me thinking? Is this thought the kind of thing that God would have me thinking? Is it gonna move me forward or is it gonna move me back? All right, this is a process you wanna go through. And then if you take yourself through that journey consistently, 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 taking every thought into captivity and testing whether it's the kind of one that God wants you to have or the kind of one that's gonna hold you back, then the only missing piece in this journey is you need to develop a bigger reason to change your thinking. You need to develop a bigger reason to change your thinking. Because here's the thing, you've been thinking that thing a long time. You've been having those thoughts a long time, long before I showed up in your life. And the, and, and it, it'll be the most dominant thought that wins. And so one of the greatest way to shift how dominant a thought is for you is to change your perspective and get a much bigger vision. A great example of this would be Jonah. God says to Jonah, go and preach in Nineveh, one of the wickedest places of the time. And Jonah says, no. So he ends up in the belly of a stinky fish. And in that moment, he caught a glimpse of, if only I could get out of here. And he very quickly changed his mind. See, 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 he had a really big reason to change, right? And so the fish spits him out. He decides to go to Nineveh. And for the next. Two to 300 years, Nineveh lived in peace somewhat. See, once you've got a bigger vision and once you've got a bigger reason, you'll change the way you think and you'll produce a better outcome, just like Jonah did. But this is, this is life by design, not by default. This is thinking by design and not by default and not letting the voices of this world Penetrate your thinking to make you average. This is about sitting back and being intentional and saying, hey, I'm gonna think about what I think about, and I'm gonna root out the thoughts that do not move me forward. I'm gonna replace them with thinking that lines up with the Lord, and that's gonna set me up for success. Right at the start of the Bible, do not do not turn from this, you know, do not do not turn away from this book of the Lord, meditate on it day and night, and you will have success. If you go through the process of thinking about thinking, finding thinking that's not going to serve you, and then spend lots of time reading this, you will start to trade the thoughts holding you back to be average with thoughts that will propel you forward to be everything God has for you. But it falls at your feet to go through the journey to make the decision. Guys, do me a favor. Please share this message today with others. It would mean the world to me if you would do that. And so, what I want you to do now is I want you to go into the comments and put what's the one thing that's jumped out to you out of all that I've just said. What's the thought? What, what's popped out of all of that? And I want you to write it down for two reasons. One, I want you to engage with me because you'll have a higher level of learning. And second, I get to see what's popping with you. I want you to just literally in the comments box. Put down what's the thought that's popped out for you out of what I've said here this morning. The point does not need to be labored anymore. You get to choose what goes on inside your head. See, they can take everything from you, but they can't take your thoughts. And so... I just feel like meeting thousands of business people a year all over this country and beyond that I see a lot of people are almost robotic in their thinking. They have taken what they were told when they were young and they've run that racket for most of their life. But my Bible says you can change your outcomes and you change your outcome by changing your thinking and you change your thinking by renewing your mind. That's a journey. So how do you what do you do from here? Well, I guess what I'd love to see you do is take it seriously and and literally whether that's voice notes or a notebook or a you know whiteboard on the wall, when a thought pops in your mind, you know, that is possibly negative, you you've got to capture it, write it down, right? capture it, take it into captivity, and then go, what is a better thought? I'm going to trade it out. And as you do that, you'll have to meditate on the new thought regularly for it to become your new dominant thought, and your life will line up with much better outcomes once you do that. Guys, if you are sitting there today and you're saying to yourself, hey, I've got got some thinking that probably keeps me average. I've got some thinking that is going to hold me back. I've got some thinking that means I'll probably never achieve everything God has for me. Then I literally want you, where you are right now, to raise your hands and I am going to pray that this journey happens for you. Father God, thank you for the privilege of digging out your word and trying to make it relevant to the marketplace. Father God, for those people that have raised their hands here this morning, I just want to pray over them. And if they're, if they're watching on the podcast two days later, I want to pray over them, Lord Jesus. You sit outside of time and you're all knowing so we can do this. It's amazing. Lord Jesus, I just want to pray that in the coming hours, days, and weeks, Holy Spirit, reveal to us the thinking that we have let in that is, that is not serving us that is not serving you and is not serving us advance the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, reveal to us the thinking that we need to change so that we can intentionally live a life by design and not a life by default. Father, help us, like even give us almost a cochlear implant to be able to hear even clearer the thinking and the language inside of our head that we have taken for granted, that is actually holding us back. Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister to every single one of us in this way so that we can start to see the areas that we can improve. Father God, we do this because we want to be a bigger resource for you, a bigger resource for your kingdom. Ultimately, we want our thinking to look like your thinking, God, because then we can be trusted with more. Amen. Amen. Well, look at that. It's Thursday morning. Uh, I'm not going to go into a prayer fest for everybody here today, but if you've got a random prayer request, put it into the comments. Uh, I'm flying to Adelaide in a little while, and so I will look at all of your comments and reply to all of your comments later today. Please, please, if you've got a prayer request, it doesn't matter. You put as much or as little in the comments as you want and I will stand with you and I will lift that up for prayer, but I won't be doing it live this morning like I normally do, but I'll be back next week to pray with you guys. Hey, it would mean the world to me if you would tag some friends below in the comments because when you tag a friend below, they will get the notification that they've been tagged and they too can come over and watch this episode. Thanks for hanging out with me. I love you guys.